Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're talking about the origin of the Pledge of Allegiance and how the addition of two little words stirred up a big controversy. The day was June 14th. 1954. President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a bill to add the words under God to the U.S. Pledge of Allegiance. This amended version of the pledge is still regularly recited at schools and at public events as a demonstration of loyalty and devotion. But what was the initial intention behind the pledge? Why was there a push to change it in the 1950s? And how did that change affect the original meaning? The original version of the pledge was written in 1892 by a Baptist minister from New York named Francis Bellamy. As a self-described Christian socialist, Bellamy often preached against the sin of greed, which he saw as the nation's primary threat at the turn of the 20th century. The economic divide between the wealthy and the working class had grown larger and larger during the Gilded Age, creating a sense of every man for himself. Bellamy watched this growing divide with trepidation. He feared his country was losing its way, that it was abandoning its promise of equal opportunity in favor of self-promotion and unbridled capitalism. 
Bellamy sought to counter that message by rekindling a sense of unity and patriotism among his fellow citizens. One of the ways he hoped to achieve that was by establishing a national ritual observance of the American flag in public schools. In 1891, his goal aligned with that of the Youth's Companion magazine, a Boston publication with about half a million readers. The magazine hired Bellamy to help with a PR campaign commemorating the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the Americas. The magazine wanted to use that occasion to promote the use of the American flag in schools, and it was for this reason that Bellamy penned his pledge to the flag. The article was published in September of 1892, where the pledge appeared as follows. I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You'll notice that unlike the modern pledge, Bellamy's original made no mention of God or even the United States of America. That's because Bellamy's aim was to unite the nation, and he believed a more secular form of patriotism would cast a wider net. As for omitting the name of the country, that was likely so that the pledge could be adopted by citizens of other nations, who were also trying to combat the threat of greed. However, over the next half century or so, several alterations were made to Bellamy's pledge. My flag became the flag of the United States of America, and the preposition too was added before the Republic, though no one raised much fuss about that one. Then, in the late 1940s, a movement began to add the phrase under God to the pledge. One of the strongest promoters of the change were the Knights of Columbus, a global fraternal order of Catholics. Members had begun reciting the phrase as part of the flag pledge they made at each meeting, and in the early 1950s, they began sending letters to just about every member of Congress, suggesting that under God be added to the pledge officially. The Knights of Columbus and other like-minded Americans justified this change by pointing out that Abraham Lincoln had used the phrase himself during his Gettysburg Address. They argued that the phrase, One Nation Under God, set the U.S. apart from other nations, and that by echoing it, citizens would reaffirm the unique religious conception of their nation. Several congressmen on both sides of the aisle were swayed by the argument. They sponsored various resolutions to add the words to the pledge, but these early measures failed to win enough support in Congress. However, thanks to a new president and to his newfound religion, that was about to change. By most accounts, Dwight D. Eisenhower was raised as a Mennonite, but later disavowed his family's religion shortly before enlisting in the army. It wasn't until February of 1953 that Eisenhower would return to religion, this time as a Presbyterian. He was baptized just 10 days after being sworn in as president, and it wasn't long after that that he heard a sermon arguing in favor of adding under God to the pledge. Eisenhower learned of the campaign by the Knights of Columbus to amend the pledge, and in 1954, he encouraged Republican Congressman Charles Oakman to reintroduce the bill to Congress. With the promise of the president's support, the bill was easily passed, and Eisenhower signed it into law on June 14th, which was, appropriately enough, Flag Day. The new version of the pledge, 
as recorded in the nation's flag code law, reads as follows. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The president's recent embrace of religion certainly played a role in his support of the bill, but it wasn't the only factor. At the time, on the eve of the Cold War, the growing threat of communism was a major concern for the administration. Eisenhower felt that adding under God to the pledge would draw a clear line between God-fearing capitalist Americans and their godless communist enemies abroad. The president made this intention clear in the statement he released upon signing the bill. It said, quote, From this day forward, the millions of our schoolchildren will daily proclaim in every city and town, every village and rural schoolhouse, the dedication of our nation and our people to the Almighty. To anyone who truly loves America, nothing could be more inspiring than to contemplate this rededication of our youth on each school morning to our country's true meaning. Especially is this meaningful as we regard today's world. Over the globe, mankind has been cruelly torn by violence and brutality, and by the millions, deadened in mind and soul by a materialistic philosophy of life. Man everywhere is appalled by the prospect of atomic war. In this somber setting, this law and its effects today have profound meaning. In this way, we are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future. In this way, we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons which forever will be our country's most powerful resource, in peace or in war. As you might imagine, there were quite a few people who didn't share Eisenhower's convictions. Among them was one of Francis Bellamy's daughters. She publicly objected to the alteration, claiming that it undermined the unifying intent of her father's pledge by leaving out those of differing religions or no religion at all. Other Americans took issue with the phrase on the grounds of separation of church and state. A heated political discussion quickly ensued, and in some corners, it continues to this day. Eisenhower, however, had already made up his mind, and the very next year he doubled down on using what he called spiritual weapons. On Flag Day 1954, he signed a law declaring In God We Trust to be the nation's official motto and calling for the phrase to be added to all U.S. paper currency. Whether Eisenhower was right to make these additions is still a matter of public debate, but if nothing else, they definitely made him the most popular member of his church. I mean, talk about showing off. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to guest producers Joey Pat and Casey Pegram, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, It'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.